podcast by committee is brought to you by game time your new go-to app for the best deals on last minute tickets did you know nfl ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts game time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers then shows you all the best last minute deals with prices up to 60 percent off more than 12 million fans have downloaded the game time app and discovered the fastest easiest way to get into the game and let me just put it this way Forget about just the NFL games. We could do NHL. They got MLB, I guess, for the next few days here. Whatever your sport, whatever your poison, Game Time has it for you. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome to Podcast by Committee. Probably the best fantasy show on air. Who knows? Best fantasy show in the world. Uh, I'm your host, Nando DeFino. Every week, uh, we do the same thing now. On Tuesdays, we bring in one of the beat writers from the athletic NFL side. Um, this week, we got an awesome guest, John Glennon, who covers uh, the Titans. John, thanks for joining us, man. Sure. Thanks for having me, Nando. Uh, you can follow John. It's, he's actually... I wanted to ask you about your Twitter handle before we get into anything, because it's Glennon Sports. <laughs> But I, it's Glenn on sports in a way. If someone's kind of unfamiliar with you, um, that's, two ends, uh, that's obviously true. Did you ever? Yeah, I, do, is that? I Sorry, I do ahead. catch a lot of grief over that. Uh, yes, a lot a lot of people are wondering why my name isn't Glenn. Uh, um, but uh, yes, it's uh, uh, at uh, at Glenn and Sports. So uh, come on in, check as much as you can out on the old uh, on the old Twitter feed. There, there's some poor twenty four year old. <laughs> dude named Glenn who's just trying to be a sports writer and with the two That's ends. That's right. Getting bombarded to, yeah. with tweets. I'm sorry, pal. <laughs> sorry, Glenn. That's um, right. So, John, you're a very interesting time to be uh, covering the Titans right now. I, uh, I like, look, I, as a fantasy guy, I've kind of followed Ryan Tannehill's career forever and been totally frustrated by it and just kind of anticipating just a kind of plopper. And all of a sudden you have, you know, this electric game with 400 yards of offense. Um, can you just give us a, just a quick overview of the state of the Titans offense right now and how it looks with Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, as, as you mentioned, it was a, a certainly a bit of a surprise. I mean, this is a Titans team that had been just absolutely starving for offense. Uh, you know, a total of seven points in the previous 10 quarters before Sunday. They were coming off a shutout loss to Denver, and they were just looking at, you know, for some kind of spark. Uh, that was one of the most significant reasons that Mike Vrabel made the switch to Ryan Tannehill and, and benched Marcus Mariota. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Ryan Tannehill, given the chance this season for the first time as a starter, uh, just exploded. Uh, as, as you mentioned, uh, threw for over 300 yards, a uh, couple touchdowns, you know, quarterback rating of, uh, of over 120. Um, great performance and, and certainly gave the Titans offense that spark that they needed and really, you know, uh, perhaps gave them a win that, that in some ways, at least for now, salvaged the season. Uh, you know, you were looking at a two and five record. If you lost on, on Sunday, all of a sudden the Titans are three and four with a home game coming up against the Bucks. So, you know, maybe they're much more into, uh, into things now than they were just a few days ago. Is this, is, I mean, so I went through each player and I'm kind of like, okay, you know, Derek Henry pretty much stayed the same. Um, I thought maybe Deion Lewis might have get more involved, just, you know, different quarterback back there. But you start looking at Ryan Tannehill's kind of history as a player. 
Um, and, you know, he's he's kind of and this is similar to maybe how like RG3 is the backup to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. He's kind of a similar player to Mariota where he can do some damage with his legs. Um, and, you know, his, his passing in that game has been kind of questionable. But was this kind of part of the plan all the time, like having Tannehill there, who's kind of not exactly a clone of Mariota, but it kind of has it brings a similar ish kind of skill set? Very much so. Yeah. You know, in, in, in past years, some of the Titans quarterbacks we've seen have been a little bit more on the on the statuesque uh, side, I guess, is, sure. a, is a good way to put it. Uh, when you look at, at uh, Matt Castle, uh, you know, and going back a, a few more years, uh, Zach Mettenberger uh, last year, you know, they had Blaine Gabbert, who is a little bit more mobile, but but certainly Tannehill very much along the lines of, uh, of Marcus Mariota. You know, they wouldn't have to tweak much of the offense uh, at all if, if Mariota was benched, you know, whether it was for injury or for, for poor performance. So, yeah, that was certainly one of the uh, uh, the big reasons in, in acquiring him. And, you know, yeah, as we as we looked at when they acquired him, too, yeah, some of the, the, the comparison goes far more than, than just uh, mobility between these guys. Some of their numbers over the years in terms of, uh, you know, touchdown to interception ratio, very, very similar. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, the numbers in terms of getting sacked as well, uh, despite that mobility, very, very high. Also, I think, uh, you know, pro football focus uh, had them one and two last year in terms of getting sacks when they're pressured or suffering sacks when they're pressured. So a lot of similarities between the two guys. Not all of them are good, uh, um, but uh, certainly Tannehill got off to a good start. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to to get into um, just really quickly Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator. Um, usually, when we have these kind of situations where you know there's a quarterback switch, okay, this is the system. We don't really know what the Arthur Smith. I mean, an outsider doesn't know what an Arthur Smith system is. He hasn't really been an offensive coordinator anywhere else early in his career. Uh, even going back with the Titans, he was he was a defensive coach, right? Like, is, is there is there anything you could give us kind of an insight into? in terms of Arthur Smith and maybe why Ryan Tannehill might be a better fit for the offense that he wants to run or even what kind of offense he wants to run. It, it seems like establish the run with Derrick Henry and then, you know, work in the tight, uh, so work in the wide receivers a little bit. Um, and, you know, you always have Delaney Walker in the mix, but it, was Arthur Smith, is he like a, like a LaFleur kind of holdover or does he have his own thing that he wants to do is basically, is there anything different we should expect in terms of the offensive coordinator and Ryan Tannehill being together now? Yeah, I don't think there'll be a, a great deal of difference because, as we discussed, that the two quarterbacks are similar. But yeah, one of the reasons that they brought, uh, you know, or that they promoted Arthur Smith uh, to coordinator from tight ends coach last year was so that Marcus Mariota would have some uh, consistency, uh, some continuity from from one year to another. You know, Marcus had been through so many play callers so many offensive coordinators over the years that they wanted to not install an entirely new system, give him a year where he didn't have to, to, to learn everything from scratch again. Um, and, uh, and that, that factored heavily into Arthur Smith being hired or, or promoted. I should say, I, I do think there's an awful lot of Matt LaFleur um, offense. Matt of course was the offensive coordinator here last year uh, before being uh, moved to the head coach of the, uh, of the green Bay Packers. Uh, Arthur Smith has a, um, a tight ends coaching uh, background in, in general. So I think, you know, we'd see a, a fairly good dose of the running game, certainly with Derrick Henry, uh, as we have seen, uh, this year, and as we saw last year, a good bit as well. But I do think, you know, at least judging on one game anyway, 
uh, that Ryan Tannehill is going to open things up for his wide receivers a little bit. Um, maybe, uh, you know, a couple reasons for it. I, I think just arm strength in general, Ryan Tannehill is better at getting some of those passes to the sideline, uh, better at, at moving the ball up or downfield. Um, you know, Marcus Mariota could be accurate at times, but, you know, probably arm strength, especially after that nerve injury, was was not really Marcus's forte. And I think we're seeing Ryan Tannehill drive that ball a little bit more. You know, one of the stats that I, I wrote about a little bit earlier. Um, in and again, this is just one game for for Tannehill as a starter. But you looked at yards per attempt uh, on on Sunday. Tannehill was ten point eight. Uh, you compare that to Marcus's six games as a starter this year, 7.42 yards per attempt. Pretty significant difference. And the last game that Marcus Mariota had played was a 3.5 yards per attempt in Denver. So Titans obviously were really struggling, moving the ball, uh, getting big chunks downfield. And I think Tannehill is much better in that in that department than, than Marcus had been. Yeah, and also, the, I was so I had the article open. I was going to actually get into the, the number six that you had which was about the wide receivers, the number of receptions for Davis and A.J. Brown, which are both season highs. Um, I should point out, if, if you're listening to this, uh, if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, I know this is on iTunes and Spotify and places. Um, you can just look for it. You could basically Google John Glennon's name, but if you want to get there, it's The Athletic Nashville. You just go uh, pull down the NFL side. You can go right to the Titans thing, click on it. Um, you can find John's name on a Google search, click on that and see everything he's written. Uh, but th- this last one was just like a Titans by the numbers thing. And, um, you know, in the fantasy world, a lot of people have a lot banked on Corey. Like Corey Davis seems like a name that's been there for like six years, but really hasn't. Um, A.J. Brown obviously started very exciting and, and is kind of not, not exactly a, a quagmire, but just kind of like, what do I do with this guy? Yeah. Um, so I think where I'm going is, is, is Tannehill maybe going to solidify like a, a lot less variance in game to game? It seems like these two are the two guys. Humphreys is going to mix in a little bit. Um, but is, is, is that kind of like the pecking order is is? Uh, Corey and AJ I, up top, and then and then Humphreys coming in next. I think that is, as I say, I, I think you know those are the uh, the Titans playmakers. You know, Corey Davis is the fifth overall pick in the draft. AJ Brown is a second rounder this past season. Those are the guys that are going to get the big chunks for the Titans, and those guys had not been getting the ball enough uh, in the in the first six games of the season. So you look uh, again at those numbers on Sunday. Both of those guys uh, had season highs for the season, six catches for both uh, Davis and Brown. Uh, very encouraging. Their targets were both season high as well, seven for Davis, eight for Brown. So I think there's going to be an effort, a real effort on the part of the Titans and, and Tannehill to, uh, to get the ball downfield to those big play guys. You know, Adam Humphreys is great for the role that he has, and, and that should be mostly, you know, a third down guy who's picking up, you know, four or five, six yards, moving the chains, getting those first downs. I, my my guess, you know, certainly at least based on, on Sunday, would be maybe a little bit less of Humphreys, maybe a little bit more of Davis and Brown going forwards. Uh, going forward, uh, I, I think another question uh, certainly is tight end right now. Uh, you know, Delaney Walker had been Marcus's uh, security blanket and very consistent guy over the years, but had to leave Sunday's game after just a few plays with an ankle injury. And he's kind of been bothered by by injuries a little bit this year. So it's sort of up in the air right now as to what kind of numbers we're going to be seeing from Delaney Walker. But uh, as for those wide receivers, I would expect uh, we'll we'll see some more from them. Um, I, I really think Tannehill does a better job of, of, as I say, 
getting the ball downfield, whether it's over the middle, whether it's toward the sidelines. Um, he's going to help those guys out a good bit, I believe. I uh, so I'm a sucker for Tajay Sharp, and I have been for you know a few years. He was I thought he I thought he had the talent, you know, he had the pedigree, um, and it hasn't really done much with his Titans career. I think there was like a short burst, maybe like three years ago, uh, where he had a nice run of games, but you know he scored a touchdown. Um, I don't know if this is like you know sometimes you see a backup come in, and this is the guy he's been working with in practice, and they have this kind of special connection. But it it seems like that would be the case if you didn't already have you know four other people ahead of him kind of volleying for tar lobbying for targets right yeah i think so uh you know tajay had a, a couple nice catches uh in the game on sunday and of course the the highlight one was that uh, the 14 yard uh touchdown catch um you know Tannehill did a really nice job of finding him in the back of the end zone tajay sharp did a, did a great job of getting open um so he's a guy you know over the years he's kind of developed a reputation as a guy that's much better against uh, zone type defenses. He knows, you know, to f where to find those soft spots. Knows where to settle down. Not necessarily as good against man to man. He he uh, struggles at times with uh, with separation and with physical DBs. But yeah, there's there's still some talent there, and he, and he does make some uh, some good plays. But yeah, in terms of uh, you know adding him to a team, I just wonder about the uh, the number of snaps right now um, with Humphreys, Davis, Brown ahead of him and. Uh, you know, Delaney Walker, if he's healthy, being a uh, being a viable target also. Well, just getting back to – you mentioned Walker again, but Jonu Smith has had a couple games in his last three with like 50-plus yards. Um, is he – and, you know, before when Delaney Walker has gone out, I think, geez, we, we kind of expected like the backup tight end to be part of this offense, and it was really not so much. It's always kind of been Delaney Walker. Um, but Jonu Smith looks like he can kind of step in and, and admirably perform. Is that – if something's off with Delaney Walker, if he's going to miss a game or two, um, would you be okay? Like, is Jonu Smith just going to kind of maybe slide into that role and he could put up like 50, 60 yards regularly? Or was, was this just situational weird stuff going on where he had those two big games? Uh, you know, he's certainly got the potential. You know, he's a young guy, um, a, a very athletic tight end. Uh, you know, one of the reasons that uh, he, he hasn't maybe put up the numbers some expect so far is uh, he's, he's battled some injury. I, th I still think he's less than 100% right now after coming back from a, uh, you know, a significant knee injury last year. Um, but the, the, certainly the potential is there. We saw that on Sunday. He uh, he made a great um yards after catch run i think he went about 30 yards after catch uh and picked up a, a real big first down for the titans so yeah uh, you know we're seeing delaney walker get older and and maybe finally after so many years of of real good production maybe delaney walker starts to slide a little bit and i think john who is the is the likely um you know, recipient for a number of those targets at that point. Another guy to, to keep your eye on a little bit, guy who's got great hands, doesn't get a lot of playing times, but but uh, Anthony Ferks are uh, tight end. You know, again, if Delaney Walker is is out for any portion of time, uh, Anthony Ferks are uh, is really good hands. Another one of those Harvard tight ends. There's been a few of them in the league over the years that have done a good job. Uh, right. He came down. I think he had a um, uh, like a 27 yard catch uh, in the in the game uh, on uh, on Sunday. The win. Um, so keep an eye on him if Walker goes out. But but again, yeah, Smith should be able to pick up you know 40 50 yards on a, on a regular basis. The occasional touchdown. Uh, one thing he needs to work on is uh, is blocking. I think that'll uh, that'll give him a, a lot more games uh, and a lot more snaps in in games. But uh, certainly potential is there. 
um, for for Johnny Smith, an excellent athlete. Um, you know, I wanted to uh, to ask you about Dion Lewis because it's it's kind of like this year. Well, actually, I guess you got to go back to last year and maybe just ask what was going on with Derrick Henry. Like when Dion Lewis was getting, you know, last year he had almost a thousand total yards. Um, you know, he's a major major part of the offense until you know Derrick Henry finally broke out at the end there and just kind of set the world on fire and won a lot of titles for fantasy players. Yeah. Um, and you know, he kind of carried it over this year as, as, a, as a workhorse back. And it seems like Deion Lewis, uh, is, you know, barely has 100 yards this year after seven games. Um, you know, you'd think maybe, okay, Tannehill's coming in. Maybe there'll be more, you know, dump off passes, Deion Lewis, and that didn't happen. So I guess is it, is it just kind of time to be like, all right, this Deion Lewis thing is not happening this year. This is a, this is Derrick Henry. This is like one of those 1990s, 1980s teams where the running backs just going to carry 25 times and then they're going to throw to the wide receivers in the tight end. And it's kind of almost like simple football again, not not to, you know, mitigate anything they're doing, but it's just kind of like for a fantasy player, we kind of have roles and they're kind of filled again. And it's not like backfield by committee and pass catching back. It's just running back and wide receivers and poor Deion Lewis is, is the odd man out. It it would seem so. You know, I, I, I think they gave Deion Lewis or they have given Deion Lewis a, a decent number of chances. Um and honestly, it, it surprises me that that Deion Lewis hasn't been uh, overly productive. Uh, you know, whether it was this year or or really last year, as you mentioned, they, you know, Derrick Henry was struggling so much last year. They basically turned the uh, the starting running back role over briefly uh, to Deion Lewis. Um, you know, he really had a chance to uh, to put up some some good numbers, and you know. Going back the year before, the reason the Titans picked him up, he had that great end of the season in New England, not only catching passes, but running the ball uh, as well. And and you can say, sure, that was with New England, but New England's offensive line wasn't unbelievable, uh, I, I don't think, even you know, even though they were a very good team. So um, Dion really, to me this year, hasn't been able to take advantage of his, his opportunities uh, that have been given him. And, and as you say, when you've got a 6'3", 230 pound back in in Derrick Henry he is the kind of the rare kind of back these days that can probably take 20 25 carries on a uh, on a regular basis and as long as he's being productive uh you know the Titans are going to keep him in there the you know uh, the the real role for Deion Lewis this year we figured was again going to be that third down back uh, you know catching passes but uh, you know, the production has not been there. And as a result, I, I, I think they're trying to work Derrick Henry more and more into the passing game. He doesn't have great hands. He's not a natural in the, in the pass catching department, but he is getting better. And when you can get Derrick Henry the ball and give him a couple steps in space to get going, you know, good things generally happen um, for the offense. So the more uh, snaps uh, we see for him on third downs, obviously, that the fewer for Deion Lewis. I know Deion Lewis is, is very frustrated. I think a lot of it is, is with himself, really. But uh, right now, it, it does not appear to be a, a very bright forecast ahead for, for Deion Lewis. That's weird. Like, you look at those numbers, and you got to kind of just double-check that, oh, wait, was he, like, was he injured? You kind of sometimes lose track of these yeah. things. But no, he's, he's, played, he's played the seven games. He's just not a... Uh... Not part of it, I guess. Yeah, and and this is a guy you know that they paid good money for uh, as as a free free agent coming out of New England, um, you know, and and play again, you know, he played more snaps than than Derrick Henry did uh, last year, which which is surprising to to a lot of people, but really Derrick Henry struggled for so long until that last four to six weeks of the of the season that that Lewis had uh, you know lots of opportunity 
but uh, but this year, yeah, it's it's hard to figure. You know, there wasn't any significant injury. Um, but you know, even in the passing game, there have been some drops and, and when he does catch passes, you know, whether it's him or the offensive line or the scheme, you know, the, the, uh, even the receptions aren't, aren't going anywhere. So, um, yeah, they, they've, uh, they've struggled, you know, and then you see the rumor, uh, even a week ago that the Titans were interested in, in maybe picking up Kenyon Drake from Miami. And, uh, and certainly, you know, I, I, again, that's just a rumor and I certainly, uh, am not here to confirm that that is the case, but, you know, if they were indeed even looking in that direction, that's that's certainly a, uh, um, you know, not the best of statements on Deion Lewis either. If you've got not only Derrick Henry and, and Kenyon Drake in front of you. Uh, right. Rod Smith be, is there now, right? Yeah, they, they did bring in Rod Smith, you know, because they lost their fullback, David Flewellen, uh, to injury. And, and Rod Smith kind of fills that role. Hasn't played much so far. Uh, but he's a guy that, that can catch a few passes too, coming out of the backfield. And yeah, if they if they want to go heavy with that uh, that fullback set, Rod Smith is is probably the guy to do it. Is he the guy? If Derrick Henry gets hurt, we're not rooting for that. But if that happens, it seems like Deion Lewis wouldn't slide into the starting running back role. Is that is that is that a role someone else would fill, or is that something like maybe it will be Deion Lewis getting you know eighteen carries a game? I would have a hard time uh, seeing that. Obviously, not the uh, not the biggest guy in the world. Right. Um, you know, as as I as I mentioned, you know, he boy in, in New England uh, that that second half of uh, you know what was it? I guess the 2017 season. He was a you know a, a pretty decent workhorse, or you know, not 20 25 carries a game, but he was the one getting the bulk of the carries for the Patriots. But uh, you know, with the style of play the Titans have and, and what they're using with Derrick Henry, I, I would probably see, you know, if he was to go out for for any reason, I would probably see a, a split, I would think, between Rod Smith and Deion Lewis. Lewis obviously has the uh, the knowledge of the offense and, uh, you know, certainly the uh, the understanding of what the coaches are, are, are trying to do. But, but Rod Smith, much more like Derrick Henry in terms of size, um, style. So I think he would get his, his fair share of chances. Um, moving really quick, just, a, just a, a thought that I had that I just, maybe you can confirm or not confirm or whatever, but how much is it just Taylor Lewan coming back? I mean, if I doubt that if Mariota was still the quarterback this week, that it, he would have the same numbers as Tannehill, but is there any kind of just like, maybe like is Taylor Lewan's return? Did that also kind of help push things in this right direction at the same time, the quarterback switch, the offensive line kind of getting back to full strength with, you know, one of the best offensive linemen in the game coming back. Um, is that, is that helping a great deal? Is, is it easy to parse what's Tannehill and what's Lawan being back? Is there a, is there a way or is it just, everything's great right now? Let's, let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think things are moving in the right direction. You would have thought uh, uh, Taylor Lawan would have made a, a huge difference immediately, but I think, in uh, either his first or second game back, I'm trying to remember which, uh, I think the Titans gave up nine sacks. So, and, and obviously that is not yeah. all on, on Taylor Lewan and, and uh, probably not, not much of it is, but he, he wasn't, you know, the, the magic uh, formula, uh, at least for those, uh, those first two games that the Titans lost. Um, but I think he played his best game coming back. And, and I think that's probably natural too. It's going to take you a few games to get back to, to form, you know, when you, when you're out for a month with a suspension. So, you know, when, when he is taking care of the opponent's best rusher in, uh, in most instances, then you're going to get some more time. And, and I thought this past weekend that, that Ryan Tannehill had more time in the pocket and a cleaner pocket 
than we had maybe seen for Marcus Mariota all year. Uh, now, one of the reasons, probably the Chargers were missing three of their four starting defensive linemen. Um, Joey Bosa was the only the starter to uh, to play in that game. But nonetheless, I, I think we're now seeing Luan at his best after a couple of weeks of kind of, of, of readjusting. That's going to be huge in the passing game. And, and certainly the, uh, the Titans, when it came to running success last year, were very left-handed. They had, they had great numbers running left. Um, so I, I, I think we'll see some more of that. I think we'll see a lot of Derrick Henry going left in, uh, in weeks to come. So that's, that's a real big step. Now, where they're still struggling, of course, um, you know, right guard and right tackle have been question marks for the Titans this year. Jack Conklin, the starting right tackle, went down with injury. Uh, and Nate Davis uh, went down with injury in this past game, both the starters on the right side, which hasn't been all that good in the first place. So we'll have to see um, what the health of that side of the ball is and, and, and where the Titans go. Uh, coming up, you got the Bucks, you got the Panthers, and you have the Chiefs without Mahomes. Um, sitting at three and four, like, is this – like you got to look at the Bucks and be like, okay, we can take that one. The Panthers, you know, maybe, and the Chiefs without Mahomes—that's a tremendous boost, I think, having to face Matt Moore instead of Mahomes. Uh, you think you can go into the bye, you know, with a, at least a five hundred record? Certainly not out of the question. Um, this is a this is a, an, an odd Titans team, though, you know, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's the NFL in general. Um, but a lot of times you think uh, just kind of maybe when they've got that win, that'll they'll get the, a little bit of momentum rolling. They have uh, stumbled. You know, they had that big uh, season opening win. They went up to Cleveland. Of course, the Browns were, were so hyped going into the season, and they just pasted yeah. Cleveland 43-13 to and then turned around and came home, uh, you know, and lost to the Colts um, at home and, and were terrible in a loss to Jacksonville after that. Then, you know, they get a, a decent win down in Atlanta. Again, people are thinking, all right, you're coming home. Time to put some string some wins together. Um couldn't get it done against Buffalo. Scored seven points in a in a loss there, and and then shot out uh, against Denver too. So Titans are going to have to prove it um, that they can string you know a couple three wins together. But certainly the opportunity is there. Not not unwinnable games at all. You know I think I think their strengths match up pretty well against Tampa Bay. Um, you know this is a, a an excellent Titans defense, and and uh, certainly the the Bucks are capable of putting up points, but. Um, you know, with Jeffrey Simmons uh, as well back in the lineup, I think this Titans defense is going to be even better. So if they can uh, kind of break even with the Bucks on that side of the ball uh, and we see a little bit more of the same Tannehill, you know, I, I think that I, I like the odds of the Titans here at home. And, and all of a sudden you're 500. And uh, who knows, you know, the way the uh, the AFC South has been going and the AFC in general, anything, uh, anything can still happen, I think. It's crazy. Like this, this team has given up 20 points twice. And it's yeah. gonna it's gonna get better, which is interesting. It, Crazy, it, it really. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, you know, if anybody saw that game, boy, um, uh, the Titans played Jeffrey Simmons, debuted the the Titans' former first round pick, just a monster of a player. Uh, you know, six one, about three hundred and five or three hundred and ten pounds, or six four, I should say. Um, just a just a huge, strong man. Um, it came back from his ACL. Uh, injury much quicker than expected, uh, you know, played in, in week seven and just, you know, only played about 20 snaps because obviously he's, he's not uh, in great uh, or, or in peak game condition, I should say. But boy, what an impact he made in terms of shutting down the running game and in terms of blowing up the pocket. He's uh, he's really going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think, the rest of the season and and well into the future for the Titans. That's great. I mean, so 
defense totally solid. Offense possibly coming. Are you like on an optimism scale of one to ten? Would you? I mean, are you like are you a seven maybe with Tannehill just kind of running this offense the rest of the season and kind of you know getting the young receivers involved and you know whatever happens at tight end happens, but Derrick Henry just pounding the ball and staying healthy. Are you? Is there optimism here? Like, are you are you feeling good about this team? And maybe you know, for fantasy players, uh, there's a lot to be had here. It was certainly more than than what there was. It would appear which wasn't <laughs> okay. very much the last few weeks. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold steady at a, maybe a six right now because Tannehill's only had the one game. And uh, you know, if if you look at Tannehill's career, it's it's similar to Mariota's in that it's been good but but not great. So we'll have to see whether he can he can prove it. But you know, the the early returns um, certainly were good. And you know, as our our colleague at the Athletic uh, wrote after the game on on Sunday, Joe Rexrode wrote that uh, you know what Tannehill did uh, for Titans fans just gave them some bit of hope. I think you know there there was uh, disappointment bordering on the dreaded apathy uh, when this team dropped a two and four and couldn't score a point out in Denver. Had scored you know as I mentioned seven points in ten quarters. So. For Tannehill to come in and offer a spark, um, you know, a couple of touchdown passes, a good performance, showing that good arm, getting the ball upfield, getting the playmakers involved, all of those were were good signs against a decent defense uh, in the Chargers. Again, missing a few players, but but against a pretty solid defense. So um, there is hope uh, once again, I, I think, for the Titans. And, uh, um, you know, hope again that that some of those playmakers are going to be used more extensively, opening the door maybe for Derrick Henry a little bit more when when uh, you know the the box gets unclogged a bit more. So yeah, there there's a little bit of optimism I think uh, moving ahead. But the Titans are going to have to to prove it when they when they have not in the in the past. Who knew? Like Ryan Tannehill and hope being used in the same sentence is is crazy <laughs> to me. Yes, I I know what you mean. Uh, it, but again, it's so funny be, because. Uh, you know, Tannehill and, and Mariota's careers are, are so similar in, in a lot of ways, um, you know, because I, I think Mariota here, people, you know, there, there's still a lot of Mariota fans, understandable, you know, still, a, you know, a, a, a quality athlete with potential as a starting quarterback and, and a great guy. So there are lots of fans of him, but a lot of fans also had kind of given up hope. He's in his fifth year. Uh, you know, he was he was still making some of the same kinds of uh, mistakes and and. Um, you know, questionable judgments that uh, he'd made earlier in his career. And and that's sort of the same thing that happened to Ryan Tannehill in Miami um, after seven years, you know, six on the on the field was that fans were like, OK, you know, it's time to move on. We gave him his chances. He's not taking them uh, time for a move on. So maybe for, for Ryan Tannehill, this is, a, a, you know, a great fresh start. He is not he didn't have to drag the expectations of being, you know, the face of the the franchise, you know, the cornerstone of the of the the future for a Miami franchise, he's just the guy stepping into the lineup instead of Marcus Mariota right now, um, and and maybe that's the best thing for for Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, as I say, starting with a, with a clean slate and and uh, uh, you know, off to a great start, right? And you know, people thought Ryan Fitzpatrick was a joke, and then look what he did last year. So yeah. who knows, right? <laughs> this Absolutely. Could be amazing. 
Yeah, yeah you, yeah, you never know. And maybe this is a great fit for, for Ryan Tannehill. And, and there are, you know, as, as we've talked about here, there are some great playmakers. You know, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, those are some some top-quality wide receivers. Um, you know, and, and Adam Humphreys is a, is a great complimentary guy. Uh, so the weapons are there. Uh, it's just a matter of, of uh, whether he can use them. All right, John, um, I think I'd be remiss. Uh, you have an amazing voice, and our producer Michael Beller has an amazing voice. And it just so happens that he was in Nashville this weekend for a bachelor party. Um, so I was wondering if we could just do he a quick thing. He still has a voice? Well, well he's, he's okay. He had a rest day on Sunday. Uh, I was wondering if maybe he could just tell you a few of the bars he went to and you could grade his bachelor party Nashville experience, if that's okay. Absolutely. Sure, sure. Bring it on. Yeah, thanks so much. Beller, go ahead. Let's do a quick review of what you did in Nashville. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, three days, uh, 26 guys, one of my best friends who I grew up with. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So we, uh, we, since we had such a big group, we were really limited to a lot of the big places. We went to uh, Honky Tonk Central a few times, went to uh, Tootsie's and Roberts. Uh, we did no pedal tavern, but we did do a, uh, one of those open air uh, buses that just took us around Broadway, uh, you know, basically made like three big circles. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, I felt like, you know, I've been to Nashville once 10 years ago before this trip. Uh, so it felt like we checked every box. We certainly had a good time. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let me, uh, let me toss a few grades out there. Um, I, I give you A's for your, uh, your choice of tradition at, uh, Tootsie's and Roberts, two of the classics right there, two of the ones that were, that were around before all the, uh, uh the zillion new ones hit maybe in the last 10 years or so. Uh, I will give you a solid B for for Honky Tonk Central. There, it's a, yeah, as you mentioned, it's a it's a monster place. It's great for huge parties. Um, it's uh, it's it's not quite as uh, traditional as some of the others, but uh, it's jammed, jam packed, a good place for twenty six guys on a bachelor party to go. I'm gonna have to drop you to a C plus on the open air bus uh and that is only from the uh the standpoint of someone who lives here uh and who occasionally drives around uh downtown behind things like a pedal tavern or an open air bus and and sees people going bananas and and screaming woohoo and and diving in hot tubs and things like that on on buses uh it gets a little tough on the uh, on the locals but on the other hand you weren't a local you were having a a big time uh, so, uh, we'll, we'll move you up to a B minus on, on that one. And, and I applaud your choice of Nashville in general, uh, for a bachelor party, because as a lot of people know, Nashville is the, uh, top spot for all bachelorette parties in the United States. So perhaps some of, uh, some of you and, and, uh, your other bachelors, uh, uh, maybe met a few bachelorettes while you're, while you were down here. Oh, uh, well, well, I'm a married man. So, uh, okay, we'll move right along. Then. <laughs> but that was, yeah, it was, it was an awesome, awesome, awesome time in a great city. And I appreciate the grades. I'm happy that we uh, seem to do it right by, uh, by a local's uh, judging of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. John- it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, I mean, it's a great city to come by, which actually sometimes I'll just toss this in at the end. Sometimes it actually hurts the Titans because everybody loves to come to Nashville so much. I think every time uh, an opponent has the Titans on their schedule, automatically they check road trip uh, on the, uh, on the schedule. And that's why a lot of times we've seen very large uh, amounts of opposing fans in the, uh, in the Titan stadium, but, uh, but Hey, who can blame them? It's a, it's a good time and hey, all their, all their money spends as well. Right. Congratulations, Beller. That sounds very uh, 
positive. Yeah, I'm feeling. I'm feeling good. My voice is recovered, and I'm feeling good about myself. Right. Great, man. John, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for playing along, John. Sure, <laughs> Sorry, absolutely. I'm, I'm, on behalf of anyone who ever does a pedal tavern or uh, an open air bus <laughs> tour in Nashville, I, I never have, and I never will. But I apologize on behalf of all of them. Uh, don't <laughs> well, do it if yeah. you're a listener, right? <laughs> If I, yeah, if I can toss in one more tidbit on the on the pedal tavern front, uh, the Nashville Predators, the the hockey team here, um, attempted to jump in on the pedal tavern uh, craze. It is certainly popular among tourists. So the the, the Predators uh, had their own pedal tavern in between periods at the start of this year that would drive around the the rink like a uh, like a zamboni. But the locals disliked <laughs> it so awesome. much they. They booted off the ice so often that already the Predators have decided to cancel that, and, and, and they, they turned it into just a stationary stationary pedal tavern off the ice that uh, that raises money for charity now. Oh, well, you can't hate that now. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant move on their part. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> on, that, on that note, John Glennon, uh, Glenn on Sports, or Glennon Sports, however you wish to look at it. Uh, thanks so much, man. This is jam-packed with information. This is really awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Nando and Michael. We'll talk to you later. Okay, take care. Mm-hmm.